So last week we started, um, uh, you know, we looked at um, a topic uh, called the love of God. And today we're going to continue um, in that, um, in the same line, right? So we looked at the love of God and the subtitle was God loves you. And doing that, um, you know, sermon, PW established, um, you know, the fact that our Christian life must be built on the foundation of God's love for it to be fruitful and fulfilling. So everything else, like, you know, everything else, your faith um, in God has to stand on the foundation of your knowledge of how much God loves you for you to have any semblance of success when it comes to this work in Christ. So in other words, like this Christian journey, this thing called Christianity is going to be a lot difficult if you don't understand, if you're not able to comprehend, if you're not able to receive the love of God for you. Tell your neighbor, God loves me. God loves me. So, a Christian life based on God's love is characterized by stability in the journey of faith and confidence and assurance in God. So when you know, when you, you, when you receive the love of God, when you understand how much God loves you, it gives you confidence. It gives you stability. You have, you know, it helps you with your faith in God because you know that, you know, the most important person in the whole world, the God of the universe, chose you as the object of his affection and poured out his love for you. You are God's favorite. You know, when it comes to it, if you were the only one left on the earth, God would still have sent Jesus to die for you. So it is very, very important for us to understand that. And that gives us a confident assurance in Christ. Our faith will become unshakable when we have that understanding. And we talked about the fact of God's love. Um, you know, PW differentiated between um, facts in the Bible and promise, right? You know, when you see a promise in the Bible, a promise will always leave you with a responsibility. When you read about a promise, um, you have to find out, like, okay, what is my part? What part do I have to play, you know, to see the manifestation of this promise? And then when you've done your part, then you believe and you trust in God to do his part. A fact, however, is something that God has done, something that is concluded, is finished. And you, all you have to do when it comes to a fact, you just have to, you know, believe it and receive it, or you have the option of rejecting it. So, for example, like, you can't, you know, embark on a three-day fast, for example, now and say, um, you know, I, I just, you know, if God can just die for my sin, if God can die, you know, and, and just take away my sin, he did that already. So, you know, God is not going to answer that prayer. Why? Because the fact is Jesus Christ died for your sin. Jesus Christ died for the sin of everybody in the world right now 2,000 years ago. And the difference, you know, for you and I is, you know, we have received that love. We have received that love that God demonstrated on the cross by sending Jesus to die. And, you know, unbelievers out there, Christ has died for them, but they are yet to respond. They are yet to receive it. But when they come to the realization of, you know, the great gifts they have in God's love, and they come and say, hey, I'm ready to receive this love. Christ is not rushing to the cross again to die for them because it's done. So a fact is something you just have to receive and believe it for you to partake of the full benefit of it. 
So the first one, you know, we, we said God bestowed his love upon us as a gift, not a reward for our good works. Um, and this was from 1 John um, 3.21. There is no amount of good work, no matter how, you know, I don't know, take for example someone, maybe from the beginning of the year, you've never put one foot wrong. You know, you've gotten every single thing, you know, you do, you've gotten it right, you know, you, 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 don't, um, you don't make mistakes. And, you know, take someone like, you know, me that I don't have all my life put together, right? When it comes to the love of God, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't, because guess what? You that you've been following, like, you know, you, you feel like, hey, you know, I've been doing all these, you know, great things. I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I pray for hours. And someone that is like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm still struggling a bit. You know, I'm still, you know, I'm open, you know, and, and I'm praying to God to help me. When it comes to the love of God, God loves to both of you, like, equally. Because nothing you can do can increase God's love for you. Nothing you can do can decrease the love that God has for you. The love of God for you is constant, is unbending, is unchanging. And that is a fact. Nothing can change that. Uh, God's love cannot be earned. It can only be received. And we talked about, you know, first, uh, sorry, John 17, 23. You know, we talked about the fact that God Jesus is saying that, you know, he has, God has loved you the same way that God loved Jesus, right? As you see, I said, in them, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, talking about you and I now, as you have loved me. Isn't that incredible? God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Like, that is so powerful in of itself, knowing that God loves me the exact same way that he loves Jesus. Come on, say to someone, let someone hear you, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. If you're watching online, type it in the chat, send a text message to someone, just, you know, say it, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. And just to buttress the fact that, you know, this love is unchanging, is unending, nothing you can do, right? Um, you know, God is not, uh, um, it's not a thing, in his, he didn't do it based off of emotions. He's not going to wake up in the morning and say, hey, yeah, um, you know, this James that I've loved, said that, you know, I've not seen him in like two days. He hasn't read his Bible. You know, um, I'm not sure about, it, about this anymore. Like, I'm going to go for somebody else to love. No. He loved you before the foundation of the world. And nothing can change that. Right? God's, God's love is not like the love of man that is based on, you know, I love you when, I love you if, I love you because. You know, that is not God. Um, God is not, you know, because you didn't read your Bible, you didn't do your devotion for like three, four, five, six, seven days. Um, you know, God is not going to serve you, serve you breakfast and just, you know, break up with you and move on to somebody else and say, hey, yeah. Um, since I didn't see you. The truth of the matter is, yes, God is longing for that fellowship with you, right? So if you've not read your Bible in a, in a while, you've not prayed in a while, of course, God wants that fellowship with you. God is always looking and longing to have that fellowship with you. That has not changed. But the truth of the matter is, he's waiting for you to come back. And when you come back, he's not waiting for you to come back so he can punish you. 
is waiting for you to come back so he can continue to love on you from where he stopped, like from wherever you stopped. He has not stopped. So, you know, wherever you stopped, you stopped reading your Bible or you stopped doing, you know, you stopped going to church, for example, and you're like, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. Like, that's all in your head. Like, nothing you can do can change the love of God for you. So if you're out there, um, you know, I want to encourage you. Yes, it's, it's, it's worth celebrating, right? Because when you understand it, it's so powerful. Like, it breaks the hold of sin. It breaks the cycle of sin. Because you know that whatsoever it is that you've done, it doesn't matter, right? You can always go back to God. Like, God, I'm here again. Like, you know, and, and God still loves you the same. God's love is powerful. Characteristics of God, God's love, we said the first one is it takes the first step to do good. First John chapter 4, verse 19. You know, we love him because he first loved us. So everything we're doing right now, you know, our service to God, you know, the time we spend fellowshipping with God, you know, if, you know, you, you, you spend time with God for like five minutes and, you know, someone else is here and like, I spend time with God for like five hours a day and stuff, right? You, we can't really boast about that. If we're boasting, we should be boasting in the fact that, you know, we are receiving the love of God, which is giving us the grace, you know, to be able to, you know, respond to him in whatever we're doing. Right? Because it's not, you know, he first loved you. The reason why you're able to do all of those things is because God first loved you. Because guess what? As we've said, your righteousness, your good works, my righteousness, my good works, is not good enough. It's like a filthy rag. That is what the Bible said. So it's not enough. And, you know, God has anticipated every single part of your glorious destiny. He has, he has everything planned out but is waiting to see how you are going to respond. And pastor explained that the reason for that is God doesn't want robots, right? Like, you know, he, he wants, he's not going to override your free will. That's why there are still people out there today that are not saved. There are still people out there today that have not received Jesus. Why? Because they have a free will to accept God's love or to reject it. And then the second one, um, uh, characteristics we looked at is it compels key individuals in the journey of destiny to help you as an act of selflessness. Um, you and I cannot achieve the glorious destiny that God has put on the inside of us by ourselves. Uh, you know, for you to think that or for me to think that uh, is the height of arrogance, right? So along the way, we need help. You know, even Jesus needed help. At the start of this ministry, Jesus um, needed John the Baptist, uh, you know, to go before him. Um, on the way to the cross, Jesus needed help, you know, to carry the cross. So it's no different for you, for you and I. We're going to need help. We're going to need help. We're going to need someone to connect us. We're going to need someone to teach us um, along the way. And the love of God is what compels these people. You know, someone just, you know, rises up and says, like, I'm going to make sure I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm not going to rest until you know, this person gets a job or until, you know, this goal of yours is achieved, right? And, you know, they take it so personal that sometimes they are wondering, like, uh, even me, I'm not taking this issue as serious as this person. Um, I don't even know this person like that. And they've taken it upon themselves to see that they resolve this issue for me. Understand that it is the love of God that is compelling them to do this. And then the third one that we looked at is it gives us unfailing hope for our future. Uh, we all know Psalm 37, verse 37, 
in the living um, Bible, um, you know, you have a wonderful future with a happy ending. It says, but the good man, what a different story, right? You know, what makes you and I a good man, you know, is just, you know, because we've received the love of God. You know, the Bible says, you know, to them that, that, that have received him and believed in his name, he has given the power to be called sons of God. So you and I now have the access to look forward. We have the opportunity, we have the privilege to look forward to our future with excitement because we know that it is wonderful and it's going to end in one way, happy ending. If you know that you have a wonderful future with a happy ending, give God a shout of hallelujah. So now that we know, like, you know, how awesome the love of God is, we know that the love of God is unconditional. We know that, you know, all we need to do is to receive and respond to the love of God. Nothing you and I can do can change the love of God or can change how God feels about us. So today we're going to be looking at how do we respond? What should be our response to this love? What should be our response to this overwhelming, reckless love of God? You know, uh, the love of God, there's really nothing in the natural. Pastor said this as well last week Sunday. Like, there is nothing that you can actually, um, there's no reference point, point for, for the love of God. Like, there's nothing, like, if you, if you have people around you that love you so much, yeah, that's good. But, like, it's, it's still not enough, right? Nothing can really um, explain or describe this awesome love of God. And if you don't as well, like, you know, again, like, there is nothing. Like, we, it's, it's a level playing field when it comes to the love of God for you and I. So how do we respond? Uh, the first way we should respond is know and believe in God's love for you. Know and believe in God's love for you. Um, the, um, the Bible verse there is from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. It says, may you know the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, uh, the, love of, the love of Christ is too great for, you know, our intellectual mind to comprehend. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The only way to be made complete, the only way to be filled with power that comes from God is by knowing the love of God for you. So as Christians, we should have more than a mental understanding of God's love. It shouldn't be just a thing that you just know, oh, yeah, uh, God loves me, I know, like, you know, everybody tells me that. Uh, you should know it in your heart. You should meditate on it. It should become real to you because that's where the power is. You are God's favorite. Um, the way, you know, I, 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 I say it, you know, are one of the ways, you know, for those that live in my house, they know, like, you know, I tell them that God has a picture of me in his wallet. I, I believe it, right? So, and you should also believe it because it is so, so, so important. We need to get to a place in our Christian life that we are not, you know, letting circumstances define how we feel about, you know, you know we should not project our circumstance to the love of God. We should not think, I mean, it's very easy when you're doing well to say, oh, yeah, God loves me, yeah. Of course, you just got a job, uh, you know, you got a new car, you got a house, you know. It's, it's very easy, you know, it's very easy for you to receive it then and say, oh, yeah, God loves me, things are going well. But what happens when, you know, things are not going well or things, things are not going the way that, you know, you, you, you thought they would go? 
that is not the time for you to doubt the love of God for you. Because guess what? You know, it is not dependent on you. God's love for you does not change at any point in time. It is constant and it is unbending. And the only thing that matters is that God loves you. I want to bring us to an example. So this, I, I want us to op- actually open our Bible to read this, right? Um, so it's from the book of John chapter 1 verse 3. We're familiar with this, you know, verse of scripture. It's about the story of Lazarus, uh, you know, um, when, you know, um, they sent for Jesus um, to come and, you know, pray for him and, and, and all of that. So if you can put it on the screen, um, open your Bible. Um, please open your Bible because, you know, again, God loves you and the Bible is a book that contains loads of love letter that God wrote to you personally, right? So um, open it yourself so you can see what this God that loves you so much has written to you. So it says, Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold. Can you start from the beginning, just um, uh, from verse 1? Yeah. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, the town of Mary and her sister, matter. Verse 2, it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. See, it's amazing that the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, inspired the writer of this verse to let us know that this same Mary is the Mary that broke the alabaster box and poured it over the head of Jesus, right? Um, and the f- interesting thing about this one act that she did, it is so significant that even Jesus himself said in Mark 14 verse 9 that wherever the gospel is preached, that one single act will be remembered forever as a memorial to her. That is huge, right? So you would think that, you know, when they are sending for Jesus, when these sisters are like, oh yeah, our brother is about to die, we need Jesus to come and pray, we need Jesus to save our brother, they will make reference to it, right? Like, you know, Jesus, like, this is the same Mary that broke the alabaster box. This is the same Mary that you said that what she did are good works. It's going to be remembered forever. Wherever the good news of God is preached, her name will be mentioned. But verse 3, let's see what, you know, the sister said. says, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. That is the most important thing. Him who you love is sick. The love of God is the platform through which we can boldly approach the throne of grace for anything. Somehow, the sisters, Mary and Martha, they understood that it's not about you know, what they've done in the past for God. It's not about their good works. It's just about the love of God. Everything that God secured for you by Christ dying on the cross was on the platform of love. So victory, healing, um, wealth, whatever it is, you can't get full access to it. You can't enjoy this benefit without a thorough understanding, without this knowledge in your heart that God loves you. Again, say to someone beside you, God loves me. So, know and believe in God's love for you. Personalize it. This is not, you know, um, you know yeah, I know that like God loves everybody, God loves Christians. No, 
God loves me. This is personal. God loves me. God cares for me. Because at the heart of it, like, this is, this is the most important. I mean, if God does not love you enough, like, I mean, yeah, you just think about it. Like, yes, God can heal. Yes, I know. I've been told that God can heal. But, but why is he going to heal me? Like, but when you know that God loves you, he gave up the most important thing. The most important way he could demonstrate it was to give up his own son for you. And he did that already. So everything else is a simple matter. So you are able to believe God more when you have this understanding. Um, the next way we respond is by abiding in his love. Abiding in his love. And we're reading um, John chapter 5, verse 9 to 10. I'm reading from, um, sorry, Jude 121. Um, let's read this first. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourself in the love of God. So what does it mean to keep ourselves in the love of God? Um, John 15, John 15, from verse 9 to 10, Amplified Bible. It says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. So let's go back to verse 9. It says, remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. The way we abide in the love of God is by constantly creating an environment that allows us to focus and meditate and remain conscious of God's love. See, that's why it, it, it's very important, um, you know, the, the devil has not gotten wiser, right? I mean, in the Garden of Eden, he went to Eve and said, oh, yeah, um, you know, did God say you should not eat out of this, you know, uh, uh, um, you know tree? And, you know, he said, yeah, he said we could eat everything, but not just, you know, nothing from this particular tree. And I was like, yeah, it's not really for your best interest, right? God, God has an ulterior motive. The devil is always trying to attack the character of God, you know, God, the, the character of God, the very nature of God himself is love. So if the devil can convince you that God does not love you, like everything he's doing, um, you, know, you know, attacking, attacking your health, attacking, you know, when you're sick, what the devil is just trying to say is that yeah, God doesn't care enough for you to, to heal you. Look, you know, you're going to church, uh, you know, you're praying and see, ordinary headache, you've been, you've been struggling with it for seven days, right? It's all you know, so that you can doubt the love of God for you. And that's why it's very important for you and I to guard our heart with all diligence, right? Watch what goes, you know, the, the, the gateways into your heart. Watch the information that you are allowed to sleep through. Because that will either increase your faith, you know, to believe that God loves you, or it will deplete your faith. And again, if you can't believe that God loves you, you can't believe God for anything else. You are going to struggle. Faith without love will lead to frustration. So Galatians 5 or 6. Um, if you can put the amplified, right? Um, Galatians 5 or 6. Just want to you know, show us why it's so, so important to make sure that you know, we guard our hearts and make sure that we, 
you know, cultivate an environment that fuels the consciousness of God's love in our heart. It says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, circumcision or uncircumcision means anything. Right? So your works, your deeds doesn't mean anything. But only faith activated and expressed and working through love. So your faith is activated through love. Your faith is expressed through love. Your faith works through love. So if the devil can succeed in convincing you that God does not love you, then you can't have faith. You can't believe God for anything. You can't, you, you can't exercise your faith to bring about the manifestation of you know, the things that Jesus has secured for you already on the cross. And the good news is the enemy cannot plant the seed of doubt in your heart unless you give him access. And how do we give him access? You know, by the things, you know, we allow through the gateways to our heart. Right? What are the gateways to our heart? The first one is your eyes. You know, what you see. Your heart is modeled and shaped by the visual information that goes, you know, in from your eyes into your heart. Uh, David said in Psalm 101 verse 3, says, I will set no worthless or wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the practice of those who fall away from the right path. It will not grasp hold of me. It says, I will, I will set no worthless or wicked thing before my eyes. Right? The next one is your ears, what you listen to and who you listen to. The Bible declares that, you know, we, we are supposed to test everything we hear to determine if it is worthy to enter into your heart or not. Your, your heart is not, you know, a, a, a garbage dump, right? You don't have to listen to everything. Uh, you know, there, 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 there are people out there that, you know, you open your social media page and all their talking about is, you know, talking against, you know, things that, your value, right? You know, talking against, you know, the church, talking against Christianity, and, you know, those are the, you know, those are the people you follow. Those are the people that speak to you every day. Like, you know, you open, you know, you, you, you consume that from, like, you know, morning till night, and then you turn around and you're trying to believe God for something. When all you've listened to throughout the day, is to allow the devil to continue to chip away at the fact that God loves you. Job 34, verse 2 to 3. Job, he says, Hear my words, you wise men. Listen to me, you men of learning. For the ear tests words of the tongue. No, for the ears test words as the tongue tastes food. I'm reading, I'm reading the NIV, right? The, the ears test words as the tongue tastes food. To test is, you know, to prove, check what you're listening to. Does this align with the word of God? Does this align with the will of God? Is this promoting the will of God for me? Is this reassuring the love of God in my life? Or is this promoting the agenda of the devil? And one thing that, you know, I am guilty of, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on this table as well, is... If someone comes to you and says, you know, this thing you believe about God is wrong, we are always quick to be like, ah, nah, 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 nah. 
um, no, don't tell me that. Uh, don't tell me I shouldn't go to church anymore. Don't tell me I shouldn't read my Bible. Or don't tell me, you know, that marriage should not be between a man and a woman, right? You know, we reject it outright. But then we go home, sit on our couch, turn on the TV, and we have like all this manner of streaming services. We turn it on, and your favorite show, you know, all they are doing is just bombarding you, you know, with, with, with things that don't glorify God, bombarding you, attacking your faith. You know, there's a show, they call it a show about Christianity, about God, and all they are glorifying is all the aspects, you know, of Christianity that, you know, is not in the Bible, right? They're just, you know, trying to tell you that, oh, yeah, uh, you know, all these pastors, this is what they do. Uh, you know, don't trust them and stuff. And then in the future, you are looking for a job, you are looking for a breakthrough, and then you come and you want the same pastor that your show that you've been consuming hours and hours and hours of, I've been telling you that, you know, they are all this, they are all that. And you want to lay hands on you for you to get a breakthrough or miracle. Guess what? It's going to be difficult. Because what is happening is when we're sitting down like that, um, we, we, we let our guards down. And these things that we hear and we watch, they slip into our heart and they form a stronghold. Right? So now that you're trying to believe for something from the word of God, your mind is struggling. Because you have struggled, you have thoughts, you have imaginations that are already in your heart from all these things, all these people that you've been, listening, you've been listening to. And now it's difficult. So that's why it is very important. Like the things you hear, the things you watch, uh, you know, the things you think about, right? Think about you know, what you're thinking about. Does it bring glory to God? Does it advance the kingdom of God? Or does it advance the realm of darkness? Trust me, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but it's, these people are intentional when it comes to bombarding our hearts with these things, right? You know, some of these, you know, there are some shows that I've been watching for ages and ages and ages, and before you know it, they find a way to put these weird and crooked agendas into them. Like, you know, even, it doesn't even matter if they've had like 13, 14 seasons, like you just wake up one morning and boom, um, they are trying to tell you that, you know, a family consists of man and man, you know, mom and dad or dad and dad. Like, I, I don't even know how that works, right? Just as, as an example. But that's your favorite show. That's what you listen to. You like them. You, you talk about it. You enjoy it, right? But then you go back to your Bible. Like, you, you, you are going to have to choose one, right? Like, you can't, you can't switch back and forth between both. So that's why it's very important to abide in God's love, you have to watch the gateway into your heart. I'm going to move. So, talking about like abiding in God's, um, in God's love, we've talked about, you know, how Avoid any situation, avoid any, you know, environment that, you know, throws the doubt in your heart, like doubt that God doesn't love you. But then how exactly, how exactly then can I, you know, can I reassure myself in the love of God? 
And the answer is very simple. In verse 10 here, it says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. The answer is your Bible. All right? The answer is your Bible. Pick up your Bible. Read your Bible. Again, it's God's love letter to you. Read it. Understand it. God has written lots of, God has a lot to say to you, and your Bible is the first place for you to read about these things. And then when it comes to obedience, you have to obey. You can't be just, you know, the era of God's word. And you have to obey. Because obeying God shows that you trust him. And Jesus is telling you that the only way that Jesus has remained in his father's love is because he has obeyed his father's commandment. So it can't be any different from, for you and I. Which brings us to our next, um, you know, response to God's love, which is abide in his word. Uh, John 15, 7, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So when you dwell on the word of God, it births faith. And when you have faith, then you can ask for whatever it is you will and it will be done for you. When you read your Bible, Joshua 1, it says, you know, this book of the Lord will not depart out of, your out of your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night so that you observe to do according to all that is written in it. So what happens when you read your Bible and you follow God's instruction is it builds your faith. God's love is constant, but you and I's love for God is not. It's progressive. So the more you work with God, the more you obey him, the more, you know, you see him do things for you, the more you're able to trust him more, the more, you know, the love of God for you unravels in your heart. There are depths to the love of God, right? So it's the more you obey, the more, the deeper you experience the love of God. Ephesians 3, 18 says, you know, that there is... God's people should know how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of God is. Um, there's a song, I think it's called Wonderful Love. I'm talking about, you know, the love of God is so high, like, you know, you can't get over it. It is so low, you can't get under it. It's so wide, you can't get around it. It's just, you know, letting us know that, you know, the, the love of God, the magnitude of his, the love of God is so powerful, you can't understand it, you know, once, right? So it's progressive for us. Our love for God is progressive, and the only way for us to fuel that love is, you know, for us to understand God's love for us by abiding in the word of God. When you abide in the word of God, it becomes clear to you that nothing in the Bible is designed to, to make your life difficult. It will become very clear to you that nothing in the Bible is designed um, you know, to restrict you, to choke you, right? Because sometimes it just feels like, oh yeah, don't do this, don't do that. But then when, when, when you obey God's word and you see, you reap the benefits, you're like, huh? Right? Because God does not have, like, everything God, we've established that everything, you know, God has written, all of God's commandment is for you, is for your benefit, 100%. And the only way for you to know and experience that is by abiding in the word of God. Um, our fourth response uh, is loving his house. 
loving his house, the house of God, the church. So, what goes through your heart, you know, when someone says, let's go to church? Right? Is it like, yeah, um, I'm not really feeling it, or yeah, my friend is not going today, so, so I'm not going to go as well. And I want to be careful, like, you know, I don't want to confuse, I don't want us to confuse, like, attendance in church to love for God, but definitely, um, you know, your love for the house of God, your love for church reflects if or not you love God's people. Because this is Ignite Church, right? You know, we're at 3105 Dixie Road. But like two, three years ago now, right, we used to be at Nelwood Drive. So if you go to Nelwood Drive right now, um, Ignite Church is not there. Why? Because you and I, we are here. So we are the church, right? So the love that you have for God, responding to God's love, requires you to love his people, to love his house. This is talking about Jesus. His disciples remembered that it is written in the scripture, zeal, love, concern for your house, and its honor consumes me. So when you love someone, you treat their house with honor, you treat their house with respect, right? You care about their house. You know, the church is a place for us to come together and commune and worship God. And the Bible says we should not forsake the assembly of the brethren. So one of the ways we respond to God's love is by loving his house. There's no such thing as, oh, it's just me and my Jesus, right? You know, I, I, I really don't like, um, I don't like interfacing with people. You know, people are like too much trouble and stuff. Uh, if you understand that God does not love you because you are lovable, then you'll be able to afford the same love to other people. And guess what? When you come into church, or you know, if you are watching online, or you came into church this morning, God did not come down from heaven himself to open the door, right? You can hear me now because you know, some people have chosen to respond to God's love for them by serving God with their time, with their talent, with their resources, right? So that's one of the ways that you also can respond to the love of God is by getting involved, by serving God. Serving God is one of the ways that we worship God. Our worship of God is not complete until we serve. So I want to encourage you, you know, find something you can do. You know, if it's prayer, if it's, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure right now, you can go on the app if there is a recruitment drive going on. Register to get involved in something. And if there's nothing going on right now, now, what I always say is what you can do, you can start serving right now on your way home. And it's very easy. Just set out time during the day, during your devotion to pray for the church. Pray for Ignite. You know, pray, pray for the church of God. Pray for God's people. That's one way you can start serving right now. You know, while you wait, you know, for, you know, all the other administrative stuff, uh, you know, for you to get a, a, a department and whatnot. So if you're watching online as well, find a church where you can belong to, find a church where you can serve God as an expression of your love for him. And God bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 84 verse 10, the message translation says, one day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. I would rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the place of sin. 
just, you know, emphasizing the importance of serving in God's house. And the final one is passion to win souls. Passion to win souls. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of age. Souls is at the heart of God. Uh, the old goal of God giving up his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross, is to reconcile man back to God. And Ezekiel 33 verse 11 tells us that God has no pleasure whatsoever in the death of sinners. No matter what it seems that they might have done, God's will is not for anybody to die and go to hell. Hell was not created for human beings. Hell was created for the devil. And as we said, Jesus has already died. All they need to do is respond. All an unbeliever needs to do to enjoy this magnificent love of God is just to respond and to believe in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So you also have to be passionate about that. You have to be passionate about leading people to Christ. You have to be passionate about sharing this love of God that you are experiencing, that you are enjoying. You have to share it with other people. You know, um, some of us, like, we have, like, different, um, you know, is it personalities or, like, different, you know, when we're at work, you know, we, we are, we're a different person, uh, you know, when it's Friday or it's Sunday, you know, we put on our church self and, you know, we don't tell anybody. We don't even share our faith with anybody, even when we have the opportunity to. That is not how to respond to the love of God. You should be willing and ready and eager to share the love of God with people when you have the opportunity to do so. And one thing you can also do is to pray for unbelievers around you. So if you know somebody, you know, at work, you know, your circle of friends, that is yet to believe. In addition to sharing the love of God uh, with them and sharing the good news with them, you also have to pray for them. You know, pray for the Holy Spirit to convict them. Because guess what? It might not be, you know, your own, um, your own witness to them, right? You're telling them about God. Uh, you've sown the seed and then you continue praying. Someone else can mention it to them, you know, further along the line and, you know, within few seconds they are ready to give their life. Because you planted the seed and you've been praying for them. You've been praying for their souls to be saved. So we have to be passionate about souls. We have to be passionate about winning souls into the kingdom of God because that is at the very heart of God. And that is one way that we can respond to his love for us. Um, I would normally do this, you know, like at the end, but I just feel like this is like a good um, place to give someone an opportunity so if you're out there, you're listening, you know, up to, you know, this magnificent love that, you know, God has bestowed upon you before the foundations of the world, and you're like, I want to respond. I want to take the first step. I want to respond to this wonderful love of God. I would be honored to have the privilege, you know, to lead you in that process. If you're saying, 
James, I want to give my life to Christ. I want, you know, I want to know this love of God for myself. I want to experience the full benefits of what Jesus has died on the cross for to give me. I no longer want to struggle. I no longer want to, you know, live my life, uh, uh, you know, guessing and moving from pillar to post. Uh, we can say that prayer right now, right here. So either you are in this service, um, you don't, you know, have to stand up. Um, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to, you know, do anything special. Just put your hands on your chest wherever you are, or maybe you are listening to this, you are online, or maybe you are listening to this later on. Uh, you know, we can, you know, take that step right now, right here. Just put your hands on your chest and say this prayer after me and meet with all of your heart. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I believe you died for my sin. I believe on the third day you rose again. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wipe away my sin. Give me the grace to live my life in a way that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Congratulations if you said that prayer. If you are on site or if you are online, you're welcome to God's family. Trust me, you've taken the first step in a very you know, wonderful journey with God and you know, would have the privilege uh, you know, to just help you along the way. So if you scan the QR code that I have on the screen right here, um, you, know, you can scan it from your seat. If you're online, there will be a, um, a link in the chat. Just click on that link and provide us with your information. It's not for us to you know, send you any uh, um, you know, marketing materials or solicit for anything. No, it's for us to send you some materials and to help you, you know, to get started in this journey that you, know, you made the decision to embark on today. Uh, I'm going to give you like a few, uh, just uh, a minute or two, just to do that. Like right now, just you know, scan the QR code, complete the form, or if you're online, just click on the link and do that right now. And God bless you as you do so. Ignite Church, let's appreciate God. This is at the very heart of God. You know, the Bible records that there is always celebration in heaven when one soul, one soul returns to God. Okay, so in conclusion, one thing I want, you know, us to settle in our heart is that God's love for you is incomparable to anything else. You know, our definition of, you know, love in the world is, it's almost like something that is uncontrollable, you know, something that, you know, you can't control, something that is based on feeling, is based on emotions, right? You know, we say things like, oh, um, I fell in love, or, you know, she, or he or she got swept off her feet, you know, by love. But I want you to understand that this is not the type of love that we're talking about. God's love is intentional. Um, God's love is not, a, is not a helpless desire. It is a purposeful act of selfless giving for the sole benefit of you, just for your benefit. Like this, like this is so personal to you. You are God's favorite person. If God had a cell phone, your name will be saved as, you know, 
uh, joy favorite or, or um, uh, shagun favorite or toasting favorite or what. Like God's love is personal. Like he wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you so much that nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from that love of God. Not death, not life, not angels, not demons. Nothing, not even your fears can separate you from the love of God. The love of God is unbending, is unconditional. And I want to encourage you to believe it, receive it, respond to it, and watch your life get transformed for the better.